Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Bedrock City Presents Uncanny Universe Podcast. And on this week's episode, we are talking about It Lives Inside, the new horror thriller from some studio that I don't remember because I didn't look Neon. it Neon. Neon. It is Neon. That's right. Diet A24. Um, but anyway, before uh, before we uh, get to anything, uh, we're going to get this thing started. Hey, everyone. This is Dylan. And I'm Michael. Yeah. And uh, so for It Lives Inside, we will spoil it possibly in the review, but we won't spoil anything related to that movie until we get past the news. So Dylan, what'd you find this week? All right. So we got another a uh, little bit of a light news week. There's still uh, um, a couple yeah. strikes going on or maybe about to end. I I, I what... saw that. I don't know. If... Yeah. It, it sounds like it's the... very like maybe type of it's, news not like it, it's over over but well there's as a reminder like i know you know but there's the two there's the writers one and the actors one and the writers one is the one that started first it's been going on for a while and um that's the one that's nearing its end they had a, like a i don't know a long meeting at the end of last week you know coming to yeah. the table with new terms and stuff and um it says the writer guild writers guild of america and the alliance of Mo- motion picture and television producers that's the WGA AMTP. Um, they jointly announced with you know everyone in the uh in the guild that they finally reached a tentative agreement um ending the five-month writer strike. Wow. Um that this will get them better residuals from streaming shows, minimum staff sizes to prevent the use of um mini rooms, which is I guess something that they've been doing, and um protections from the use of AI, like AI writing and stuff like that. Um <clears throat> What happens next is the board and the council, I guess, of the of these two guilds will vote on whether to authorize the contract um, and ratify the the new rules, I guess. Um, they're just basically finalizing the language of the like right. actual contract at this point. But all the terms have been like agreed upon from the studios and the guilds. So it's looking really good. Um, and they'll have like a comprehensive summary soon. But they've suspended all picketing like all these people can now go back to work um which is good so you'll see the return of like late night shows and stuff like stuff without actors you know yeah um and uh what about drew barrymore she can come back wow how how good yeah Yeah, good for her (laughs) what a whirlwind that was i know right her apology was crazy to me I know it's really just well. Crazy. It wasn't an apology, but well, of course. I mean, well, the attempted apology or whatever. I don't know what she was calling it, but it was yeah. a sorry you're upset, you right? Know? <laughs> the best kind. It was just such a stark reminder that, like, even like the sweetest seeming celebrities can just like only care about money. You know what I mean? Of course. You never know. Yeah. But what about um, her paycheck, Dylan? Yeah, she needs her money. Okay. Her show is what we need in a dark time like this. I mean. What she said. It's Drew. It's Drew is going to carry me through. I don't know what our show is called, but in my mind, that's what it's called. It's Drew. Yeah, that's that's what it's called. I um, so. so they told everyone they can go back to work, and then they uh they said if you're not working, basically they suggest writers join the SAG after picket lines this week. So they're like, join the actors, you know, go back, go back there. Um, okay. But like, this is really good news for a lot of production starting up, like in the movie industry starts with writers you know so things can kind of get going there but really what will affect us the most is the ones that have shut down from the actors not being able to work you know like deadpool and stuff like that um they still can't go back 
but this is like it's a good sign for the sag after strike you know that the door is open for that to finish and i guess maybe the standard standards have been set with the studios like this is what we're gonna have to come to the table with to actually get the ball rolling right and it's easier for the actors if they're the only thing holding back productions now like this is this one last thing let's get it going you know I know there's animators and other things that are going to happen. Do you think that because Deadpool was well into production, right? Like they were filming, shooting, they had had to stop, right? So they kept filming even with during the writer's strike because they were like, normally you have writers on set to help on the moment, but they uh, decided that they, they opted to not do that to not change anything and just go anyway with only actors. So do you think? But they, but there is still Deadpool to be filmed, yeah. Like they did end up stopping totally. Yeah. So does that affect? Do you think the quality of the finished product, if they left it for so long and then have to come back, do you think that will affect the finished product? It's going to be case by case. I would say with Deadpool, it oh, depends on machine how things. Yeah, it depends on how like effects heavy it is. You know, a normal movie can hit their release date of May of next year. You know, that's like not too bad, but. Right. Something like this that has so many, presumably so many effects that would take forever and all the cameos that are rumored. I think everyone's probably like on a new schedule that they have to figure out now. And I don't know. It, mm. We might see some kind of like with the COVID, how we saw stuff like in WandaVision and, you know, like you might right. see some just like ramifications that aren't so great. I don't know. Mm. I guess time will tell. True. Um, okay. So I got. This one's kind of like another industry one. Um, it's a Warner Brothers Discovery story, our favorite kind. Oh, yes. The best. Variety is reporting that um, they're going to give DC Studios its own like primary production hub in the UK, which is where like there's like a Harry Potter hub there and there's a Game of Thrones hub. And it's basically at their their soundstage studio called. OK. Um, I don't remember what it's called, but it's a big soundstage studio and they're. Um, expanding it by 50%. They're adding 10 more sound stages and they're going to wow. have some dedicated to just DC. So it's going to be like the home of DC. Um they're supposed to start next year and and finish by 2027. So who knows how long, you know, like yeah. when we'd actually wow. see that. But I think the only reason I think this is like news for DC is that they're at least investing in it, you know? Like right. it's not, they it's not intend just a... to make things through 2027 with it. Right. It's not a dead property for them. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it ever could be because it's like it's IPY is one of their crown jewels, you know, but yeah, it doesn't mean quality will be good, but it means they're at least trying. It might be. We'll see. I'm hoping. I mean, that is good news, though, for DC. It means that, you know, they're being backed and there is a little bit of faith. So I guess whatever James Gunn is doing is working in theory. There have been some rumors of test audiences walking out of Aquaman 2. Oh, um, cool. Which, when well, that happens... not have anything like, to do with that, right? True, yeah. It's just like our next DC thing. But yeah, well... Which, well, you don't get paid if you walk out in the middle. You just have to be, like, truly suffering. So, I don't know. I, Who knows if that's true, even, I, but... I want to know why. Like, I mean, we know why. But, like, you know... Wow. Yeah. James Wan described working at DC like living in a house that's under renovation. <laughs> I mean, I believe that. That that sounds accurate. 
Yeah, I'm feeling there's a lot of like curveballs that you have to roll with. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, another little industry one. This one now we're moving on to Disney. We got a um interview with Vanity Fair with Nia DaCosta, the director of yep. the Marvels, and she gave some really like good tidbits on the movie itself. But the one I thought was interesting was she talked about the budget. Um, and it was she indicated that it has a 130 million dollar budget. Which um that seems really makes low. it yeah, it makes it one of the lowest MCU budgets ever with Ant Man the first two Ant Man films being on that level. Wow. And yeah. That's so odd as this is like um so I would view as more effects heavy than Ant Man. Um maybe I'm I'm I could be wrong, but Yeah, who knows? But I would think so too, because there's some space stuff, I would think. But yeah, space stuff um, and you got people with weird powers. I mean, it's just got to make a guy big and make a guy small, right? I mean, like for comparison, Guardians of the Galaxy three cost two hundred and fifty, Quantumania two hundred, so <clears throat> it's definitely on the super low end, uh, if this is true. But I like, I don't know, I kind of think of it as a good thing because I think all these movies are just like insanely expensive and honestly not even worth it sometimes, right. you know. Um, and then they're always like especially lately deemed failures because things like mission impossible cost 300 million or something like that when it could have been yeah i don't know you just see movies that are really good that have like such a modest budget and it's like more it's like a more impressive success story maybe yeah maybe the the marvel machine is sort of trying to uh learn from that like hey maybe we don't need to do the absolute most in terms of dollars spent Maybe that doesn't yeah. equate to good, good movies every time. But it hopefully, like what it doesn't like mean... Secret Invasion costs two hundred fifty million or something insane, way right. more than this. Hopefully, it doesn't mean that it's like cutting corners and it looks bad and it it you know what I mean like that's. Yeah, I, guess I think we'll some see. of that will fall on the director though, and I think she she's used to working with budgets like Candyman and stuff. Like, you know, like right. I'm sure one hundred thirty million for her is an insane amount. You know, so. I don't know. Um, I think it's still the movie uh, with a, a female directed movie with the highest budget. So it's still like, you know, but it's still the lowest budget Marvel of all Marvel, time. Or yeah. second, like one of the lowest. It all depends on how you frame it, Michael. Wow. Um, how about that? anyway, <laughs> I think I'm happy with this because I think it's less, uh, it'll give less. I was going to say it'll give less license for dudes online to call it a failure, but it won't. It doesn't matter. Oh yeah. It's, I mean that, that, be failure, no matter immaterial. what. It doesn't matter if it's a <laughs> roaring success. It will be a failure in some capacity by dudes online. Yeah, Captain Marvel 1 made a billion dollars and it's a failure. So Trash. What am I thinking? Yeah. Flop. Yeah. She flopped. Ruined Marvel. MCU. Yeah. <laughs> uh, where's my Rotten Tomatoes bot? Uh, when are they going to start paying us? I'm Come on. Like... Give me a check. You know they got fifty. Apparently they get fifty dollars. I'm like, that's not enough to do that. I feel like. No way. They paid fifty dollars a review. A pop is what the article said. That's crazy. I would need I mean, at least like two hundred. Uh, yeah, I would need more than that to just you know chill out like that. Do you think they'd let us leave a good tomato and then trash it on here on the podcast? I think that'd be fine, right? All they care about is the percentage. Yeah, right? I mean, because we're a local podcast, so like it's it's different, you know. We're yeah. Uh, yeah, we're hyper local. So even yeah, even the text, the content could be like this movie sucks. Fresh tomato, you know. Yeah, fresh. 
Anyway, um, smash that like button. We got a comic book announcement. Um, Ultimate Spider Man is coming back. So we've known. Yes. Ultimate Invasion is happening now. What's about to? Yeah. It's happening now. Yeah, it's happening now in in the comics. And um, it's been kind of known for a while that it's going to spawn more Ultimate Universe titles. It's the returning. Ultimate Spider-Man, Ultimate X-Men, and Ultimate Black Panther are coming out of it. And then it says rumored the Ultimates, which is the Avengers, is another one. Um, mm-hmm. The first one has been officially announced, though. Uh, it's Ultimate Spider-Man, written by Jonathan Hickman, and art by Marco uh, Cicchetto. So it's like a really big A-list team on Ultimate Spider-Man, which is interesting. They haven't said if it's Miles or Peter okay. uh, in the title, or maybe both. I don't know. But we're expected to find out more at New York Comic Con, which is October twelfth, just a few weeks away. Um, that's that's exciting. What do you make of the the return of the Ultimate Universe? Are you, do you care? So okay, I mean, I used to really love the Ultimate Universe, and I think we've had enough separation from it that you can have the nostalgia for the Ultimate brand. But like, it wasn't good for a long time. Like the Ultimate Spider-Man comic was always consistent and cool, but then True. like, Ultimate but that was Thor, Bendis, like the whole way through. Right, right, right. So like. I don't have particular nostalgia for the ultimate universe as a whole. I mean, I like parts of it, of course, but like I I'm excited for them to have another universe because they haven't really been doing that yet uh, for a while. Like everything has sort of been mainline True. continuity. So this is exciting for them to be able to do something else. Yeah. It's a neat little pocket. I wonder if it'll just be like somehow rebooted, like because uh, secret Wars eliminated the ultimate universe in 2015 right so i wonder if it'll be like a reboot of the ultimate universe we'll just pick up where they left off i'm kind of hoping it's some kind of reboot i assume it's a reboot i mean that's got to be it's got to be the way it is but i'm i'm excited to check it out um i think having bendis do that whole thing was a cool idea but it probably just got away from them with (laughs) losing probably a little bit of the uh creative spark when you have 35 ultimate titles coming out, you know? Yeah. But we got miles out of it. So we did, it's hard yeah. to be mad at the ultimate universe. You exactly. Know? We did get, I mean, one of the best things to happen in comics. Um, yeah. Out of it. So yeah, I can't hate it at all. So, but yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. Same. I'll read it. Um, Absolutely. That's all my news I got. All right. Well, let's hear about that live sale. I bet you didn't know that we host a weekly live streaming comic sale. Dust off your old Facebook account or borrow your grandma's login. Join us every Wednesday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Central. Bedrock City is the only verified blue check comic store on Facebook, meaning we're better than everyone else. It also means that we're trusted to bring you brand new quality key issues, comic bundles, variants, and more every week at super affordable prices. Even if you've already spent all your money on Fortnite skins like me, you can still join just to hang out and chat comics with Kevin Austin and me. For all the details not covered here, or if your auditory processing disorder didn't allow you to comprehend anything I just said, head over to bedrockcity.com slash live to read all the details. Hashtag ad. And we are back. And before we get to my news, we're going to do our picks of the week. And I will shock the world here and pick a game that just came out this week, just in time for spooky season. Um, You might remember we picked, uh, I highlighted a game last year called boop it's a cat based tic-tac-toe game that has right. a lot of strategy in it well there's a new halloween spooky edition called boop 
with ghost and witch cats. It's very cute. And it actually has a new gameplay element, so it is not just a reskin. So it is there for your original boop owners and new boot players as well. So come check it out. Thanks. It's really good. Um, I played it. Is it at all stores or just your store? Yes, all, all stores. This one's at all stores. Nice. nice. Um, I'm picking a new Dawn of DC launch. Night Terrors is officially over, and we're back to uh, good DC content. Um, Power Girl number one is coming out. It's uh, written by Leah Williams, who I really like. Art by Eduardo uh, Pansica, who did Supergirl. Um, it's described as a road trip race against time, whatever that means. But cool. um, I haven't read it yet, but I'm looking forward to it. All right. Um, let's get into my news here. Um, not a ton of news this week, again, as Dylan alluded to. Um, but thankfully, with um, one of the two strikes seemingly wrapping up, we will probably start to get more news um yeah. as we get through these strikes so dylan do you remember that uh that movie smile last year that had the big uh all the viral yes, marketing i saw it it was bad right it wasn't good yeah well guess what dylan smile 2 will hit theaters october 18th 2024 that's right they signed a multi-year first look deal with paramount in the wake of smile striking a big at the box office and they called it a, quote, breakthrough success. And it's a testament to Parker Finn's unique and fresh filmmaking. We are thrilled, we are thrilled that he'll make Paramount his home. Um, so we don't know much more about it. It did make $217 million worldwide. So, I mean, it was just... It was a, a hit, yeah. A smashing success. But I think all of that was the viral marketing that that thing did. It was The marketing was tremendous. It was, yeah. Um, I s- never saw it. It was fine, but... I don't just know, forgettable I, horror movie, right? We just knew they'd make another because it was so cheap. Uh, all you're animating is like smiles, you know, and like, right. and made so much money. So of course they're doing smile too. And it was PG thirteen, right? Because like they didn't show like a lot of violence. I think. I don't. I. I, don't, I think it was think, R. I'm pretty sure it was it? R. Okay. I could be wrong though. Okay. But where's um, Truth or Dare to? For real. For That's real. the original smile. I'm just saying. And it and it did it better. All right. I think it did actually. I like the I'd rather watch I, that. I like Truth or Dare. Wow. I like Truth or Dare. All right. Um we have I have two pieces of Halloween uh news. So Halloween um is getting a official making of book. Um diving into the David David Gordon Green trilogy. Now there's there's two methods to look at this book. One, I don't care because the trilogy is not good except for the first one, right? Yeah. But two, are we gonna get some sort of a what went wrong? How why did the why no. why did it go off the rail so bad like because that first one we've talked about this ad nauseum so long timers forgive us but like that first halloween 2018 we gave it like glowing reviews uh, we all loved it had a really good time with it saw it multiple times in theaters and then kills and ends were just letdowns like let down rock city you know what i'm saying like it was just bad news bears all around yep. so the let's see so yeah, we have uh, October twenty seventh. I'm sorry, October seventeenth. We're getting Halloween twenty eighteen through twenty twenty two. The official making of the films, um, the creative process behind the stunts, costumes, pr- uh, production design, and makeup effects are revealed through interviews with cast and crew. While captivating on set photography captures the shooting of the key scenes and action set pieces, a must have a must have for all horror fans. Uh, reveals th- this book reveals the method behind the terror. I'm really hopeful that we can get some tea and some dirt as to like, but, but maybe we won't. If David Gordon green is indeed the reason why these movies are bad. Like 
which I assume he probably is. Yeah, he wrote them. So well, yeah, but like you can have you can have studio interference necessarily, but like because you can't, I can't explain the disparity between between the quality of that first one and those the the last two. Like they're so different, but. But I haven't yeah. heard anything about at no. least okay to his credit. I haven't heard him blaming the studio for them okay. being bad, like a lot of well, directors do. Well, he also probably has not admitted that they're bad. Um, well, for like them not being received well. You know? Oh, I see. I see. Well, um, on the the tales of that Halloween being bad, Miramax is shopping the rights uh, to Halloween. So this is a dang. This is a bloody disgusting exclusive. Um, so they're shopping the rights for film and TV. Um, the sequel uh, sequel trilogy uh, was produced by Blumhouse, uh, but was uh, released by Universal as a pact with Miramax, but it's now back to Miramax and they don't want it anymore. Um, from what, <laughs> what they understand, there is a big bidding war going on right now with several different parties interested in vying for the chance to bring Michael back to life. Um Bloody Disgusting uh, has said has indicated that Miramax is open to both film and television projects, and they're currently taking offers from both studios and streamers alike. Um, everything is on the table at this time. It's ultimately up to Miramax to fill the pitches and decide what is the most appealing for them in the wake of the David Gordon Green sequel trilogy. Um, the subtext there, uh, sucking, is the <laughs> word that they left out of the of the article there. Um, well, what do you think, Dylan? Do you think wh- I? <laughs> What is best for this franchise? I'd like to see maybe a new studio get the reins, you know? And Me too. I think it needs a, it needs a fresh start. I'd I don't also want like it to a be break. Jamie Lee Curtis. I don't want it to be in continuity. I just want like a new director like to execute their vision. You know what I mean? Right. I agree. Like start over. Just do it again. I mean, you just I've done that before, but like it's time, you know? Yeah. I mean, Look, I I love this franchise. It's my favorite horror franchise. I am a big Halloween fan. I love the bad ones, with the exception of the new bad ones. I like the old bad ones. Um, but I also think we need a break. I think we shouldn't have Michael Myers movies for a few more years. Like I just leave, let him stay away, so it's cool when he comes back. Like remember, remember yeah. when Saul was coming out every year? Like yeah, but those so- were all like. I don't know. It's like I kind of think of it as like Batman, as someone who's not a big fan like you. Like mm-hmm. it could it it could work if they're just not tied in and it's like its own relaunch, you know? Like, do people really want a million Nolan Batman movies? Well, probably they no. do actually, but you know what I mean. Right? Um, they think they do. I think he could be like the Batman of a uh, horror, you know? Well, I mean, that is interesting with the TV angle, right? Like, you could do something very interesting with that. Um, Matt at my store um, has said forever that he would love to see an expansion of Halloween three, which is the Halloween that doesn't have Michael Myers in it, which is also a really good movie. Um, so I'd like it'd be cool if they did something with that season of the witch Halloween three. Um, but anyway, we'll 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 keep you updated as we know more. OK, um, we do have some theatrical news here. A24 is teaming up with AMC theaters for their uh, thrills and chills film series, which is so. Okay, they call it a film series, but they also just apply the thrills and chills tag. If you're familiar with the AMC Stubbs app, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. When you're browsing the app, like any horror movie will have like a little banner atop of it, you know, that says uh, thrills and chills so that you know it's a horror movie. 
Um, but what are the be... art house movies called again? Oh, like artisan or something. Artisan, like yeah, 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 artisan. Okay. Um, I w- if I worked if I did coding for the app, I would just like switch them sometimes and just put terrifier in the artisan category. <laughs> yes. Um, but anyway, so they're a twenty four is partnering up with AMC for October Thrills and Chills for some spooky season re releases. So this is exciting. So um, they're going to be four four movies getting re released each week in October. Um, week one, we have The Witch. Week two, we have X. Week three, Under the Skin. Week four, Director's Cut of Midsummer. Um, oh, that's cool. Yes. Um, of all those, I would, I've would i never seen The Witch in theaters. And I would love to see the Director's Cut of Midsummer in theaters. Um, That'd be cool. And um, if you buy a ticket, you'll get a a month-long subscription of AAA24, their little subscription service. Oh, so, that's cool. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. This looks really cool. I'm going to try to go to this, at least one of these if we can, depending on what movies we're reviewing. Um, I have to make sure I have the time for it, but I'm going to try to make some time for Midsummer. If you had to pick one of those, Dylan, what would you go see? The Witch, X, Under the Skin, Director's Cut, Midsummer. My real answer is... Midsummer director's cut. Mm-hmm. Well, my fake answer is the Taylor Swift Eras tour, which comes out October 13th. Wow. Is Travis Kelsey going to be in day. it? No. Wow. No more exposure for that up and comer. Um, <laughs> up and comer. But AMC is doing a cool thing for it. I'm very jealous. AMC always AMC, trumps look, Regal in the promo stuff department. I'm just saying. Um, what, are they, what are they doing for the Eras? But thing? they're like, the thing at the tour was giving out friendship bracelets. Right. Um, but AMC has like AMC friendship bracelet. It says AMC theaters on it, and they give it out to people, and you can like trade them and stuff. It's cool. That's awesome. Come on, Regal, do something. Throw no. me a bone. No. Uh, <laughs> okay. Um. So the next story here. So my, yeah, my my pick would also be Midsummer. Go see that. Uh, I don't know if there's a horror movie coming out that week, so I'm definitely gonna try and see that. Um, that week. That's the last week of uh, October. So we got a poster. For saw for saw ten, or saw X, and is it, are, are we? What is the what is the the verbal? Is it X or is it ten? What socks. Are we socks. Okay, for socks. Um, now I don't normally cover poster releases. That's However, but what's interesting about this is that this is specifically for the four DX release of Saw Ten, which I brought. I wanted to bring up for a specific reason. Is a Dylan as the four DX. Uh, you know, as the, the the foremost expert on 4DX in this on this podcast, have you seen horror movies in 4DX before? I haven't, but I think it would probably enhance it. Like yeah. I would think, like this is the way to see Saw Ten. Like it'd be, it'd be cool if it tortured you. you know? Yeah, right. I was gonna say, like what? So for those of you that aren't familiar, 4DX is a premium format that allows films to be projected with various practical practical effects like rain, wind, strobe lights, and motion seats. The goal is to fully immerse the audience in the movie and the effects allow for recreations of various effects uh, seen on screen. So like if you're watching uh, some movie and it starts uh, like a, a, a car crashes into the water, there's a big splash. You might get like a, some droplets of water splash yeah. splash on you or you might get like wind blown on you if they're flying through the air or in fast and furious whenever they're taking tight corners the seats will rock violently um it is not like you will get tossed about um that's the main draw i feel like is the seats everything else I'm, is kind of subdued 
So the poster itself is kind of cool, but really, I, I'm just here to talk about Saw in 40X. So what do we think about this? Is that cool? Is, would you want to go do that? Um, well, I mean, this movie's going to be bad, right? Like, there's no way the movie. I feel like bad. it will be. I don't really enjoy the Saw movie, so it will be for me. Uh, but I'd rather, I think if I was going to do a horror movie, I'd rather do something with jump scares. I feel like the seat rocking during a jump scare could like enhance that, you know? I don't love jump scare horror movies, but I think that's like a good fit. This, I'm not sure. Like, what are they going to do? Vibrate your seat while someone's getting cut in half or something? I don't know. Yeah, right. I don't know. I guess, I mean, we'll have to wait and see. Um, but I have two trailers to get to before we uh, get to our review. First one is going to be uh, from this new trailer. I'm sorry, this new uh, horror comedy from Blumhouse called Totally Killer. It's coming on Prime Video October 6th, starring uh, Olivia Holt and Randall Park, directed by Kiernan Sh- uh, Shipka. No, she's this. She directed it. Are you sure? Okay. No. She's the main character. Oh, yeah, yeah. Main character. Excuse me. Yep. You're right. Yes. So starring Kiernan Shipka uh, and everyone else I just said, Olivia Holt and Randall Park. I don't know who's directing it, actually. Um, Anyway, so the trailer is a horror comedy about like it's like a time travel slasher horror comedy. And it's going to be a movie, not TV, but it's Blumhouse Television on Prime Video. So it's a little confusing there, but. I wish it was in theaters. I it doesn't look like a it looks like something Blumhouse puts out for theaters. Yeah, it premiered at festivals and stuff. It was a there was an Austin horror festival a few weeks ago that it premiered at, and it got a really good reception. Um, what do you I think know, of, the, I feel uh, like, of the trailer? I think it looks really fun. It's it, it if you like Happy Death Day, freaky, yes, it's truth right, or dare. It's right that kind of movie. Yeah. yeah. I'm looking for like the 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 quick plot synopsis, but it's a basically a girl goes it. back in time. Oh, you have it. Yeah. After Jamie's mother's friends are murdered by the sweet 16 killer on Halloween, she travels back to 1987 where she pairs up with her mom to stop the young would be killer and get back to her timeline before she's trapped in the past forever. Exactly. OK, so, yeah, it's very back to the future um, and it looks like this a ton is, of fun. This is literally that horror movie that I've trying to get you to watch michael it's uh final girls it's it's that it's that's about a girl who travels back in time at like a camp and teams up with the 2015 movie yeah it has for me yes 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 no i haven't seen that one you're right it's it's really good it's the same premise i'm surprised there's too many products named final girls because like i I know i have two different books one called final girl one called final girls one final girl's uh, support group, like there's too many. It's it's too many, but I, I will I will watch that. But this looks this looks really good. Go check out the trailer. It looks like a ton of fun. Um, the last trailer I have uh, is not horror, but it is a big deal. Uh, we we have a Doctor Who 60th anniversary trailer. Um, this is pretty exciting stuff. So the 50th anniversary was obviously 10 years ago, and it showed a bunch of had a bunch of cool news. Every time they do a big special like this on Doctor Who, they have legend cast members returning and people who haven't been on Doctor Who in forever and, you know, classic villains, et cetera, et cetera. So Dylan, first of all, are you a Doctor Who fan at all? Not really. I've okay. seen some here and there, but I'm not sure. A fan. Okay. Um, I am a pretty big fan. Um, I'm not caught up. I, but I used to be like real, real 
big into it. Um, and anyway, so this is really exciting because they're bringing David Tennant back, which is, I think, how you're trying to get the fans back because he was probably the most beloved doctor of the modern era. And they're bringing back him and Catherine Tate, who is his uh, companion, one of his companions, Donna Noble, who has a really tremendous plot line. And they brought her back before after because her plot line sort of ends with she is not allowed to remember her experiences with the doctor. Otherwise, problems happen. And they've okay. they've, they've circumvented that once. And so they're clearly going to have to do that again. But um, the trailer was pretty exciting. Um, but for me, as a as a as a Doctor Who fan, did you check it out, Dylan? Yeah, I watched it. It was it what was giving it? budget. It looked it looked like a Marvel the Marvelification of Doctor Who a little bit. Like it no, looked pretty good. No kidding. <laughs> like it was like the Doctor did... Who I watched was very cheap, cheap looking. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> in yeah, a charming this... way. But and this one's gonna have um, Neil Patrick Harris in it, reviving uh, an old villain called the Toymaker. I think he used to be called the Celestial Toymaker, but anyway, whatever. Um, but I it will, looks a ton of fun. Yeah, I don't know. But Do I don't. Know if this is going to be the segue to the new Doctor, or no, 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 no. So the anniversary specials usually are just like it's like the Christmas special or the like any sort of like thing like this. It's just like a one-off for funsies. Um, okay, it'll it might tease um, Shudi Gadwa, but I don't think it's gonna. That's what I mean, I'm. I'm gonna. Re- I'm gonna will, pick but... it up again when. When he joins, but yeah, yeah, because I remember too. I thought a special, some kind of special or something, introduced. Uh, I can't remember her name. The female doctor. Yeah, it's you. It's usually the last. It's either the Christmas special or it's gonna like, uh, or um, the last episode of a season, or they'll do like a special thing where you know the doctor's gonna regenerate. But um, oh, I see. It says he's set to debut in the festive period of 2023 does that mean christmas i guess so festive, pe- festive period okay yeah. well there you go go check out the That's doctor Who trailer christmas. you will holiday season yeah um the festive season um but anyway uh yeah go check out the trailer even if you're not a doctor who fan maybe maybe it got a little plussed up and you're gonna re- you're ready to check it out it um, yeah it does but anyway that's gonna do it for uh my news this week so let's hear about all those tabletop events It's time to give you the rundown on all of the awesome upcoming tabletop events for the month of July. All exact dates and formats can be found on our Discord server. Kicking it off with Keyforge. We run two events a month at our Clear Lake location from 7pm till around 9. Keyforge is the perfect game for casual and hardcore card game players. We also love our role-playing games. Once a month at our Clear Lake store, we host an in-store one-shot RPG for players of all skill levels. Players don't need to bring anything. All play materials, dice, pencils, and character sheets will be provided. There is no entry fee. However, we do ask that you make a purchase of any size from the gaming department on the day of the event. Seats are very limited, and sign-ups are only open for about three weeks before the event. And of course, I can't forget about Paint Club. Every month we get together and paint some tabletop RPG miniatures. These events are for painters of all skill levels, including none. These events occur at our Katy and Clear Lake locations. We'll see you at the game tables. And we are back, and we're going to review It Lives Inside, the new film from Neon and director, oh boy, I forgot the name. Um, it's uh, Bishal Dutta. 
who I don't think I know any of his films before. Um, but either way, we will be probably spoiling the movie. So if you are concerned about spoilers at all, you know, tune out now. That's your warning. Spoilers for It Lives Inside. All right, let's get to it. Dylan, um, we've been talking about this movie, uh, I want to say about a month ago, we had the trailer come out. Um, yeah. There wasn't much promotion for this. It's a pretty small movie. Um, it did okay in the box office. It seems like it looks like it um, didn't cost very much and it made, I forget, $3 million this first weekend, which is, I mean, okay. okay for, I don't know what this thing costs, but it doesn't look expensive. Um, True. Anyway. Um, the trailer I recall looked pretty good. I, I was, yeah. I was very much looking forward to this movie based on the trailer. How about you? Yeah, I thought the trailer was really good. Um, I remember looking forward to it when you showed me. Uh, little did I know, all the best parts were in the trailer. No kidding. Yeah. Um. Okay. So spoilers. It wasn't tremendous. It was fine. Um. But anyway. So what you get here, the plot is uh, centered around Sam, an Indian American teen. Uh, living in an idyllic suburb with conservative mother and her assimilated father. Her cultural insecurities grow due to her estranged friend, Tamira, who mysteriously carries around an empty mason jar at all times. Um, in the moment of anger, Sam breaks Tamira's jar and unleashes an ancient Indian demonic force that kidnaps Tamira. Sam searches for Tamira. Well, this is just the whole thing. Okay. Well, I mean, that's that, <laughs> honestly, that's the first 20 minutes of the movie. Um, that's yeah. the premise. Yeah. Um, unleashes the demon and they got to figure out what to do with the demon. Right. Um, exactly. So, all right, let's let's talk about the cast first. I I thought um, Megan Suri, who plays Sam, was was really good. Actually, I thought she was um, made the movie. So the movie is pretty mid, um, but she was enjoyable. I thought she was good. Um, it was passable, in my opinion. Okay, passable. I thought. I don't know. Maybe I disagree a little bit. I thought she could have done more. I thought sometimes things would happen that were like absolutely terrifying and she didn't react mm. accordingly. That could just be direction though, you know? I, yeah, I don't know. It could it could be. I, I think, you know, maybe maybe I'm just like, so we, we talked a little bit about this movie before we started recording. We normally don't talk about the movies before we start just so that we don't recycle content. Um, but I think one of the things that this movie had going for it is that the plot and the writing is pretty standard or even substandard and also very dated. Um, however, it, it's very, it's very the boogeyman, like early two thousands, like any, any of these like early two thousands, like spooky demon movies. The boogeyman is a, is a really good parallel. If you've ever seen that, I think it has, Oh God, I don't remember who's in that movie. Um, not the new boogeyman that just came out. There's an older one. Um, okay, but anyway, it's a lot like that to me. That's 2005 movie, yes. Um, anyway, it is man, I'll tell you, like the the cultural aspect really gives me a little bit to to latch on to in the movie because if if this movie was just the plot without any cultural differences, boy, I would have been checked out like immediately. But I felt like yeah. there was a lot, a lot to latch onto, on a very by the numbers plot. Yeah, I agree. I, that's like one of the only like good things I can say about the movie. There's a few, but I thought that like the cultural specificity that they kind of tried to weave into the the plot 
um like the demon plot mm-hmm. helped but i i wish there had been more of it because it seemed like they kind of like loaded it all in the back in the last right. 20 minutes of the movie or so like i wish it was a little bit more i mean it's inherently there just by the voices and the actors and of course um, the people telling the story but it wasn't really like woven in too much until the very end um, exactly yeah so i wanted more of it me me too i feel like so the movie man so the movie is an hour and 39 minutes and it felt a little long yeah like it was too long it was too long um which is not something you want out of an hour and 40 minute movie you know (laughs) this is you know it's i don't know how your movie can drag with that with that runtime but um they found a way um agreed that's what i that's what i noticed first was how slow it was at points like and every scene seemed like it went on way too long longer than it needed to like you could this could be a 45 minute movie you could just cut it could have been an episode a of a tv show mm-hmm. yeah and if you between when the jar breaks and when she talks to her mom about the demon like you could take out that almost that whole point part of the movie and nothing would really it's you wouldn't miss anything you know so it's yeah it's like they stretched an episode of something out really really long dylan are you familiar with the 80s uh, horror movie when a stranger calls i haven't seen it but i know it okay so if you're not familiar those that are listening it's a it's a pretty infamous movie but it's infamous for the first 15 minutes being very very terrifying of a babysitter thinking that there's somebody hiding inside the house no 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 she 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 keeps getting uh, crank phone calls and she calls the police etc cetera, etc cetera. and then the police call back like you have to leave there's someone call- the killer's calling from inside the house ah scary music and then the, the guy had killed all the kids and then and then it just becomes a regular movie a regular horror movie after that and so then okay. the the remake so but 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 that 15 minutes is truly masterful suspenseful filmmaking it's so good um the rest of the movie is fine but the the remake from the 2000s is that entire plot over an hour and 40 minutes it and it tells you from the jump in the trailer that the call is coming from inside the house like so it's mm. it is taking a plot and stretching it way beyond the the need for it, and I think this this movie suffered a little bit from that as well. Like it, like you were saying, like they didn't expand on the things you wanted them to expand on. Like I wanted to know more about this. Uh, I don't remember the the Indian name for the demon, but the the demon, you know. Um, yeah. Like we we get we get the like we get a lot of very like exposition dialogue about it, not like organic learning it's like well you know this demon does this 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 oh yes okay yes of course i knew that you know it's not they don't do yeah. a very good job of, of weaving it in it just seems like they had to like put it in on top but um it's pg-13 and nothing was like um surprising so like she was just discovering things that we already knew like right. she was gonna have to trap it in a something at the end and a that's... vessel i mean they told you right at the top i mean when they're ex- Sometimes the yeah. Swami would have to use themselves as a vessel. Like, boy, I wonder if that's going to happen. And we just got to had to suffer through like a little romance subplot that went nowhere and was interesting to me at all either. I and, wish they'd focused more on the friendship with her and Tamira instead. Right. I don't care about the romance with what's his name, Russ or something. Like, I don't care about this <laughs> yeah. kid. Um. Yeah. When I he mean, was, that's part of like the acting that I was talking about when he was getting like mangled. Yeah floating she was like oh 
You know, like once you walk out of the house, it's like, come on, let's like, I, yeah, I maybe react you're right. more if like Liam has like a lizard in his mouth, you know, outside. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, you're right. Um, acting was pretty not tremendous. Um, I liked, I'm trying to think of things that I liked. I liked, um, you know what? I don't like the pacing. I... Edit, the editing is rough too. Like the edit, I don't know if you noticed, like they really liked a lot of fade to black wipes. Or like, just there's a lot of stuff that made it feel like a vignette that is, and it is not a vignette. You know, the editing was just really interesting. I think, I mean, there's a lot of the, slow camera movements too. Man, yeah. And the like, one example I can think of is when they were cutting back and forth when the teacher was getting attacked and the mom she was having a conversation with her mom. Mm-hmm. It was like I was like, it was really frustrating. I was like. Nothing would happen with the teachers. He'd just run down a hallway and then we'd cut back to the conversation. It was like really brutal the way they yeah. made us sit through that. It made them both of the scenes worse, in my opinion. I so agree. like little editing things like that I wasn't a fan of. Because like I think that scene with the teacher looks like it was probably shot pretty well. It looks like a good, good. it looked a good chase scene. That's what I was gonna say. The uh, the other compliment I can give is I think the movie looked good. I thought the cinematography and the like the lighting was cool. It like had like the atmosphere was pretty successful like i didn't really, look cheap i wish we got to live with the jar gimmick a little bit longer because the jar gimmick was real cool like <laughs> but like yeah because it was in the trailer and like oh what's this the girl with the jar blah blah blah. it's broken in the first 10 minutes of the movie i'm like oh okay well and then we have to again get another jar at the end something that can break really easily right not like a yeti cup or something come on yeah, come on. Can we can we can we get a, a, a can we Yeti get a Stanley? Yeah, can we get a Stanley? <laughs> Golly. <laughs> um, all right. Um that being said, I did have a okay time watching it. I wasn't like bored bored, but I don't think I would choose to watch it again. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna say it would definitely be like a you wouldn't be mad if you watched it at home, but I would. Oh, like, definitely. I did feel trapped a little bit, especially throughout the middle of the movie. So I wouldn't suggest going to the theater to see it. I think this is a perfect laundry fold movie. Yeah, and TikTok. Yeah, at the same time. Yeah, all three. Yeah. Um, but man, it's, we're really being mean. It's not horrible. It's not as horrible as we're making it sound, but it's also not. It is. It is like every unremarkable movie you've seen from two thousands. Like it's just just feels very it's like of that time agreed but it's like a little disney channel too it's like in some way i can't really put my finger on it but the story and the pacing feels a little juvenile Simple. i know it's pg-13 yeah. but like i don't know it's who, a teen thing but. is it a teen movie like is it targeted at teens i know there's I teens it's in trying it. to be hmm. i don't know i don't see I really why had, I, I had such disappointment for this movie because like I was really looking forward to it because the trailer was real good. The trailer was good, and I thought like the monster reveal would be more of a payoff, but it ended up just being like generic shadow monster dude, you know? Yeah, the monster didn't look cool. And we saw him for like five minutes. Yeah. Um, all right, let's go ahead and rate this movie. Um, it is sitting at uh 61% rotten tomatoes with a six point one out of ten. Um, which is kind of similar to so I'm uh, so just fresh. Barely hanging on to that threat, that that uh, fresh rating. Um, we rate on the letterbox scale, which is from 0. 0.5 to 5. I am going with 
Agreed. I also gave it a 2.5. Yeah, I mean, I think that's... I was, right I was down the middle. I, I was comparing it to twos because two was my initial. It was like, I was looking at my other two. It's like, no, I can't. Like, I can't, I can't put it up there with... Oh, boy. I don't remember. Knock at the Cabin, which I gave it to. I'm like, this is better than Knock at the Cabin. I disagree. Wow. What did I give Knock at the Cabin? I hope I, I didn't know. give it a two as well or a two five. Wow. I would much. I was way more. You gave, you gave it a what three. was gonna. I was way more interested in what was gonna happen next in that movie. Than this you gave one. Knock at the Cabin a three. For better, okay. I I stand by that. For better or worse, I didn't know what was gonna happen in Knock at the Cabin. You know, this that one is I true. was like, I know exactly where this is going. But I agree, it's not bad. It's just not. It good. don't go out of your way. Yeah. Um, at home if it's free streaming somewhere yes and, and it definitely will be <laughs> yeah um but anyway that's gonna do it for us this week thank you all so much for downloading us we really appreciate all the support bye everyone this is Dylan and I'm Michael we'll see you next time thanks for sticking around for the mid credits we can tell you've been trained well if you want to help us out please go over to iTunes and leave us a five star review It'll really help new people find the show, and it will help us to get Rotten Tomatoes verified so we can start affecting those rankings. Then, check out our socials. We're BRC Uncanny on Twitter, Uncanny Universe on Facebook and Instagram. We'll see you online.